Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Coming to you from South Florida and lots of stuff to talk about in the world of poker today. Big Joe Rodriguez, my partner, uh, feeling pretty good. Uh, just got his vaccine today and I have mine scheduled as well. So, uh, you know, we're kind of older guys, so we get them before a lot of our listeners out there. But Joe, tell us what your experience was like today. Uh, I think a lot of people are, con- con- you know, very interested in what's happening. Well, let me tell you, I was doing it at Marlins Park down here. Uh, it got scheduled by the county. And um, actually, it was um, quite painless uh, all around, I should say, you know, because I know people who had it about a month ago, and it it was a four-hour process for them. And for my wife and I, we went together. Um, It was an hour from the moment we got into the car to the time we got the shot, and then we had to wait 30 minutes before we could leave to see if there was any, you know, uh, side effects to the shot, and uh, you know it was pretty cool. It really so you was. Been home was, for a I, while. I any pain? Any pain or any no, listen, weird well, feeling? I, uh, I both of us got it in our left arms, and um, my wife said she felt some tingling in her hands. For me, it was just you know uh, a little bit of tingling, and in, in the injection site uh, didn't last very long. And you know, like I said, for me it was pretty painless uh procedure now people at work dave and i don't know you know if you and joe know people who've already had their second shots you know um my youngest daughter had this way back in january and she had no ill effects uh my oldest daughter had it done uh, because she's in the medical profession also about a month ago first shot was good second shot she had some issues with it uh you know uh, some uh, aches and pains, and uh, we've had a few friends of the family that the second shot was was not was was not a joyous occasion for them, you know. And um, but I've but known go, a lot. But of it goes people. but it goes away in a short time, I would say. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of people said they took them like two or three days. It, they the common denominator there, Dave, has always been that they said they, they felt like they had the flu, you know, for like two days, you know, and. Um, uh, did go away after two or three days, and uh, that was it, you know. So uh, I guess my wife and I should find out, God willing, in about uh, three weeks on the 6th of April, I believe is when they're officially going to schedule us to have uh, our second shot. Okay. Um, so you, do you head into that with a little trepidation? Well, listen, I, I want to have this vaccination, so what – Whatever it is, it's going to have to come on, um, you know, and I will have to deal with it as, as it, you know, as, as it occurs. But, yeah, put it this way. I'd rather put up with two or three days of not feeling really well than, uh, you know, the other consequences for having COVID-19. Yeah, for sure. No question about it. Uh, well, I have them unscheduled for Thursday uh, of this week. Uh, when I was sitting there just thinking, this is going to be weeks before I have a chance to get one. And if I wait until Monday, this past Monday, 
uh, when uh, the age uh, requirement changes from 65 down to 60, I said, everyone is going to be going for one, and then it's going to be nearly impossible. So Sunday night, uh, I had tried a few days before. Sunday night, I actually got back on CVS.com, and it was like 2.30 in the morning right after the clocks had moved forward. And uh, I got on the site, and all of a sudden, uh, everything was available. They must have just opened it up, so I got, uh, I got one for this Thursday. And then today, the uh, Broward Health Department called me. I had signed up to get in line for a shot with them. They called me today, wanted to know if I wanted to set up a shot for later this week or early next week. So I went ahead and made an appointment for next week uh, in case the first one falls through. And so I feel pretty safe that uh, I'm going to get this done pretty quick. Yeah, you know, well, we both... Uh... We we both now qualify with the 60, 60 and older uh, uh, mantle that they've put up there, you know. So yeah. uh, uh, we're we're good to go there. So I can't wait. Just get my second shot and get it over with, and uh, you know, go on with life uh, as as it will be uh, going forward. You know. Yeah. Well, let me get a couple of tournament results out of the way uh, here. They finally finished the. WPT Gardens Poker Championship after over a year delay. They were supposed to go do the final table in Las Vegas last year when it was all discontinued. So finally, they were able to get that done. Uh, Chance Corneth, who has been on our show before, uh, was the chip leader. Uh, unfortunately for him, he got knocked out in fourth place. And after a long head-to-head -head battle, Marcus Gonzalez uh, of the U.S. Uh, took home the victory against Tuan Fan and uh, took home over $554,000. So uh, some of those things are getting scheduled now. I do know that the Seminole Hard Rock event, which will be played here in April, is actually scheduled for a final table at the end of May. So I uh, look forward to having that. And a couple other tournaments. Uh, one is the Borgata that has not yet played to a final table. That will be played in May also out in Vegas. Uh, I think there's one other tournament as well. But all that stuff is starting to happen. So we get the feeling, Joe, that, uh, you know, even though uh, we see what's happening in Europe, things are, are going downhill quickly. And they've always been maybe two, four, two to four weeks ahead of us in certain uh, aspects of this disease. Uh, still, and, and, and not to mention the fact that uh, what's happening on Miami Beach here is just packed with people, uh, very few of them wearing masks. So uh, there's lots of uh, worry for people that uh, we're headed for another uh, spike in cases. But as far as the poker world goes, they're moving forward and uh, trying to get things back to normal. So that's the best you can do, really, at this point. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> That is a very scary thing now that's going on over here in the beach, to be honest with you, Dave. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, we'll see what happens. I know you're mentioning Vegas. Vegas just recently went up <clears throat> to 50% capacity uh, in their hotels now. So, um, you know, let's see what happens going forward. Uh, uh, I, I'm just very curious to see if they're going to try to do the WSOP uh, uh, poker come may and june and yeah and in july so well that's still a long ways off and last year we didn't find out till just before but we'll see what happens uh the other turn i want to mention was the escalator series uh escalator five fifth year of that over at the seminal hard rock here in hollywood uh they finished their fourth and largest event and uh pretty much continued the, the way things have been that is nearly doubling their guarantee 
749 entries for this one, a $600 buy-in. It was a 200,000 guarantee. Prize pool ended up at 396,000. And uh, there was a three-way deal. The winner uh, with the trophy, Yuri Kaczynski, 60,000 for first. Osmani Saldanas finished second. Mark Nimirovsky in third. So uh, uh, very large, uh, I just noticed that, a very large uh, European, especially Russian poker presence here in South Florida. And I know you've had some uh, up-close dealings with them over the years. Uh, yes, I have, you know, uh, especially up in Broward and, um, you know, a lot of great, a lot of great Russian poker players down here, to be honest with you, Dave. Yeah. They're, they're playing some really big games down here and, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, dealt to quite a few of them in the past and, uh, you know, it's, I don't know how much bigger it's getting being that I've been, you know, down here in Miami Dade now for a few years. But uh, you know that was that was a big presence uh, presence in uh, in Broward County and like I said a lot of great players. Yeah, well as they finish up this uh, this escalator tournament, just let you know that uh, uh, one of the breakout players of 2020 was Scott Baumstein down here, winning a lot of tournaments at the Hard Rock. He finished in 14th place for 4,500, and a couple of old friends of the show, uh, Fred Goldberg, finished 16th, and Perry Shaw finish 21st as we uh, round up that whole series. Another success for them is um, they might have set their uh, guarantees a little bit lower than they have in the past, but uh, they practically doubled it every week. So um, they are probably delighted with the turnouts, I would say. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it just showed you that uh, the players, you know, want to play, plain and simple. Players want to play. They're tired of, you know, not having – tournaments for so long and um like you said doubling what, what was the guarantee there because i don't remember off the two, two hundred thousand for that one that last one for the six hundred dollar buy-in yes that's yeah, a great that's a and you know the other thing is she said they're lowering the thing but they also limit how many players no yeah exactly if i remember 119 at any time and 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 you know i don't i don't know how they went about that but you know their last series back in january you know, uh, they couldn't get more than 119 at, at, in any one session, yeah. you know, to, to be sitting down and playing, right. you know, so uh, hard to set a huge uh, guarantee, you know, when, when you limited to the amount of seats, you know. Well, they so, were they were able to work in some alternates. And uh, let me ask you that you've uh, run tournaments before where you have people waiting uh, and probably get very frustrated and angry, bothering you quite a bit. What is your situation with dealing with the people that want to play, waiting for their chance to get their turn? Well, listen, it, it is frustrating, but, you know, bottom line, Dave, it's their fault that they didn't get there quick enough. Right. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, when you get to the tournament, as the tournament is starting, you know, which – in the past was never an issue for most tournaments uh, due to the fact that, you know, I don't want to say unlimited seating, but you didn't have the restrictions that we have now. So, you know, hey, you got there either a few minutes before, a few minutes after the tournament, you know what I mean? It was no big issue. Well, now, obviously due to, uh, you know, uh, what we have to go through, the restrictions that we have to go through now, um, the early bird gets the worm, as they yeah. say. You well, know? It, 
You know, it used to be now... it used to be the trendy thing to just show up late. Obviously, Helmuth uh, made a whole art of it uh, with the orchestrated uh, uh, entrances to the to the poker room, and uh, Randall Emmett uh, followed him up with that. But it used to be. You were cool if you came in late, and uh, I don't know if it gave you any kind of an advantage, but uh, it was the cool thing to do. Well, yeah, you know, like you said, everybody was trying to follow what Phil Helmuth did back then. Uh, you know, uh, he did it for publicity reasons or whatever, you know, whatever the reason was. Although down here, um, due to the blind structures, you know, the smaller blind structures or the smaller blind limits, I should say, um, there are a lot of people, if there's add-ons and everything else at, at the break, that love coming in. Um, I'll give you an example. The tournaments that I run usually after, after the level eight, we have a 20, 25 minute break period. Um, and when level nine starts, the registration is locked. So a lot of people would come in and, you know, enter and do an add-on and, you know, knowing that all they had to do was double up once and they were close to the chip lead, you know, for the most part. Right. And they didn't have to wait those first two hours, two and a half hours. Um, I don't know how it is in other places, Dave, because I remember when I ran my first one, uh, we, we, the start time was one o'clock. And like I said, people showed up right at one. We were almost completely full. Once it did get full, I had about 13 or 14 alternates that bought in but couldn't sit down, you know, until somebody was eliminated and decided not to re-enter. And um, some of those players waited into level nine uh, to get in, you know, because I allowed them to, to, you know, be able to enter once registration was closed. I, I offered them the first one, you know, the first tournament, I offered them the opportunity to get refund their money back or to stay and, you know, every single person said, no, don't worry, I want to play. I'll wait until somebody gets eliminated at this point since I know they can't rebuy into the tournament. Right, exactly. And, and you know, they waited. It's not a, it's not a fun thing to wait, uh, you know, two and a half plus hours. But, you know, they did. That's how much they wanted to play. We did have a few alternates in this last month's tournament. Um, not as many because it kind of moved a little bit more. But... You know, the advantage in, in a room like mine down here is you have an option to gamble at, you know, the designated player games, which is, you know, the ultimate hold'em, uh, chasing the flush. Uh, you know, so so some of them sat down there and just gambled there, you know, until until they were called into the tournament. So Right. Now that's good uh, for the company. Yeah. So, and I think a few of them went and actually played the machines because they knew... You know, the, the later ones, obviously, after about an hour, said, oh, my God, none of the alternates have been called. Um, you know, might as well play some machines and or go grab something to eat. And so, you know, I, I didn't hear a whole lot of I didn't hear a whole lot of negativity, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason that is, I was very grateful. And, you know, once again, got to got to deal with what you got on the plate right now so this you know it's a different world for 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 them and for us so yeah absolutely know, we're, we're doing our best to try to accommodate them and make them feel you know welcomed and and comfortable and you know they've got to they've got to meet us halfway i guess so that that's where we're at okay uh let's uh shift gears a little bit talk a little bit about online poker the launch in michigan going very well uh they're getting some huge numbers there 
the first one to open was uh, Poker Stars opened in an agreement with the Ottawa Indians in Petoskey. And uh, they got their gaming license from uh, Michigan Gaming Control Board and opened um, on January the 29th. So it's been about a month and a half, and uh, they're doing very well. Uh, There also have been licenses awarded to uh, Greektown in Detroit, which is partnered with uh, Penn Gaming. Uh, It's kind of funny. It's called Penn Gaming's Barstool Barstool. Sportsbook. There's a company that's uh, taken off big time with some pretty uh, disrespectful uh, treatment of a lot of people. We'll get to some of that a little bit later on. But uh, Foxbet is also also involved there, and uh, there are certainly uh, plenty of things to come. Uh, Bet MGM Quote Poker, you know, that's associated with the MGM Casino in Detroit, could also be uh, set to launch. So Poker Stars um, really is coming out of this whole decade uh, smelling like a rose and opening places in New Jersey, Michigan, and Pennsylvania now. And, uh, you know, not to mention that they have sports betting as well, which is overtaken poker by far as uh, the most desirable of uh, sequences to move on for for, uh, these casinos. But um, what were your thoughts after reading that article? Well, let me tell you, my biggest thing was, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway from that article, Big Dave, was that, you know, there was talk about, uh, you know, commingling with the other states that that already are running it, uh, you know, and in the article, I believe, they mentioned uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, right? you know, and that they were working on, on you know, uh, the legislation, uh, you know, to allow that to happen. And, you know, as soon as, you know, like we already know that Nevada and New Jersey have that agreement, you know. Right. And, um, you know, it would be great if Pennsylvania, excuse me, if Pennsylvania and Michigan came along. I believe isn't Delaware also one of the states that has it right now? Yes, there are. Um, That is. You know, so, you know, you get them, you get all these people to join the party, uh, so to speak. And, uh, you know. Other states are going to start looking at this. Um, you're going to be able to obviously increase tournaments. I believe they mentioned something that tournaments were ranging. They were getting great responses to tournaments from three dollars to thirty dollar tournaments. I guess they're starting a little, you know, a little low, a little right. slow, right. but the response has been great. Um, yeah, I'm, you know. This is a great sign, to be honest with you, in my yeah. opinion, David. Uh, no, I, I agree, and uh, a lot of it's all kind of hinging on the fact that this Wire Act, uh, which kind of exploded open with the uh, Rhode Island lottery lawsuit uh, that uh, ruled in their favor, uh, things are coming back. Uh, the Trump administration uh, completely tried to fight it down to the very end with Bill Barr as the uh, head of the DOJ. But they are still seem to be fighting it, but they seem to be fighting a losing battle. So Pennsylvania basically is waiting for some kind of final decision to go ahead and share their pools. Uh, Michigan is already in talks with the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement, and they said uh, they could see a compact by the end of this year. So uh, you're again, you're very right that uh, no matter what these individual states do, it's not going to take off until they're able to commingle their pools. That's the whole thing, Dave. You know, we've known that for years. We know the success that Party Poker, um, um, uh, Poker Stars, Full Tilt, you know, the, the, the great success that they all had. 
at at, the, at their peak was because you know you, you you had the whole world you had the whole world you know and 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 not to be the uh, the 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 a hole Americans but you know uh, when you lose the American market you know you've lost I don't know seventy percent maybe I, I, I that's just a guess off the top of my head and um, we need that you know get three or four states as soon as it becomes legal in another state. I would I would venture to guess that going forward, if if uh, if there's a uh, you know they get the Wire Act thing straightened out, that they see that they're not going to be breaking any laws, and they do allow this, Dave. I can't imagine how other states won't put that into their you know into their wording for their law to allow the states to immediately commingle with uh, with you know with the other states that are right, that right. legal. So. Well, there has been baby steps, but a couple of things that I wanted to talk about uh, that are happening, in not just in poker, probably more with casino games and uh, sports betting, but some of the places that have been completely against it, not only for opening live venues, but opening online, are really starting to take steps forward. Um, the first one was that I looked at today was uh, that a couple of gambling bills have been uh, filed in the Texas legislature, which has uh, a gambling ban in their state constitution, uh, which needs a two-thirds majority vote to override that. But they are trying to get things lined up, so if that can happen, uh, they can have uh, online uh, sports betting and casinos. So. Um, you know, all as well as live stuff, because they've lost, uh, let's face it, they've lost millions of dollars over the years to Oklahoma. Choctaw is right over the border north of Texas. And if you go east of Texas, right in Louisiana, there's a bunch of stuff, Shreveport and Bossier City and uh, places like that, that people just, you know, if they live in Houston or they live in Dallas, they don't care. They'll just jump in the car and drive a couple hours to go gamble. Yeah, Dave, but uh, let me tell you something. They don't have to do that as far as uh, poker is concerned anymore. Uh, well, there are, there, there there are, are clubs. so many clubs now out there. Right, right. And to the point where they're asking for dealers on websites, you know, come and move down here. You're making a great living. You know, uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to mention, I, I won't get into mentioning. Um, I won't get into mentioning, um, you know, how they're handling some of these things, but uh, it was like the old old Wild West as far as that is concerned. Yeah. So well, we hear about these places getting raided all the time too. So you know, the the gray area again of legality is uh, rearing its ugly head. Yeah, I'm telling you, um, you know, the legality of these uh, social poker clubs down there, Dave. You know. I don't know where where that stands. I mean, if you remember a few months ago, we spoke about how uh, they were raiding a bunch of these places and, you know, arresting people. Well, whatever loophole they have found, um, you know, I know they've opened them up again because I know a lot of people that have picked up up, uh, everything here and moved their whole family into the Houston area. Um, And, uh, you know, I've worked with some of these guys that are running – clubs down there they actually have an ownership in it so don't quite understand yet how it works and you know how they're getting around whatever laws they have in the state of texas but uh you know the, they are playing poker and, and and making a very good living out there doing it 
Yes, people seem to find a way to uh, to get the cards on the table for sure. But uh, uh, the talk uh, from the legislature is, is great. There's a lot of people really supporting it. Unfortunately, people at the top, um, Governor Abbott and uh, his lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, said gambling would not see the light of day during the current session. So uh, put a kibosh on that for now. But again, that's one of the things uh, we're taking a look at. The other one I wanted to mention was... Uh, uh, New York, we had briefly mentioned that, that Andrew Yang is uh, running for uh, um, mayor of New York City. And uh, the question, uh, lots of questions obviously there with Governor Cuomo and whether he'll be around. But he has kind of fought uh, gambling over the years. There is actually uh, a moratorium that, that Cuomo put in place uh against any full-scale casinos in the New York City area until 2023. But, of course, you know, the recession, uh, COVID-19, uh, has a lot of people begging him to lift uh, those restrictions. So he's already backtracked on opposition to mobile sports betting and adding tax revenue from that. So he, again, is, is thinking about it. Whether he's going to be around for the long term is kind of crazy. Uh, Andrew Yang, the uh, mayoral, mayoral candidate, who ran for, obviously ran for president for the Democratic Party in 2020, uh, said that uh, he would love to have one in New York City. In downtown Manhattan would be great. But um, right now they are set to uh, award three licenses, uh, which accounts for the Hudson Valley, uh, all five New York City boroughs and Long Island, but uh, Yonkers is supposed to get two of them, Empire City Casino and Yonkers, which is owned by the MGM Resorts. So uh, it, actually, they own one of them. The other is owned by Resorts World Aqueduct Racing. So there's really one remaining license between three uh, major companies. Uh, the Sands is one of them. Uh, Wind Resorts is another and uh, Bally's is the third. So those 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 companies you know, are really fighting hard. Uh, you talked about how great it would be to have one of those in New York City. Um, is that, do you think, a possibility for uh, the next year or two? Well, I can't, you know, again, I, I, trying to get into the mind of politicians is, you know, just it's an extremely scary thing. Um, don't know why there isn't one now there. You know, you know, I, I just... Can you imagine that? You know, you, you <laughs> the biggest city in the world, and and having a you know, I, I would have a mega casino somewhere in there, you know, right. and um, you know the amount of jobs it would create, the revenue it would create. I mean, <clears throat> the fight would probably be to have more than one, obviously, and um, you know, for someone who used to live a, a five-minute bus ride from, you know, Midtown, um, I think it's wonderful. It's it. I don't see it creating more traffic than there's already going in there. I mean, um, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, like, like how could it get any worse, right? Exactly, you know. <laughs> um, and, and you know, we, we do elect these, uh, these, these geniuses sometimes to, you know, be able to figure some of these things out. Uh, whether they do or not, that's that's another story for another day. But you know, um, it's extremely expensive to live there. Um, I don't know. I 
I've always been such a proponent of it. I mean, that's where I went to school. I went to New York School of Gambling, you know, starting back in 1980. So that'll give you an idea how old I am, folks. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was, it was up the block from Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, I've I've always loved it. I was born in that city. I've always loved it. I, you know, I believe it can be done right. Now, now you're going to have two major forces fighting it, three practically, because think about it, you know, Philadelphia is only an hour and a half, give or take, ride from New York City. Uh, you do have a big metropolis there with, with Philadelphia, but Atlantic City and Philly would definitely not want to have that, and neither would uh, Foxwood and, and Mohegan, you know, the Mohegan Sun. Yeah. You know. But I'm, but there's only so much they can do. Let's let's face it. Uh, I know that you know the city well. I don't really know it that well. Uh, you know, I. I know the location of Staten Island and Queens and all that sort of thing. So those are possibilities. But Andrew Yang was pushing for a casino on Governor's Island, uh, which you could tell us a little bit about. It's uh, about 800 yards south of Manhattan. Uh, would that be a good location? Mm, if, if, again, I've been out of there 30 years. So where I believe Governor's Island is um, – I'm not sure. I they say 800 yards I, south of Manhattan. 800 yards south of Manhattan. Which I guess yeah, is and, and, you know, I would imagine you'd have to take ferries. They'd have to build, you know. Right, right. Uh, you know, the infrastructure of New York City, Dave, is the subways, you know, the, the their mass transit. And for me, I'd want to put it near somewhere where, you know, People could get to it, you know, quickly like that. You don't have to go through the traffic. I mean, you know, for years, uh, it's. I don't. I don't. I had. It's been a couple of years now since I've gone back up there, but you know, from New Jersey, when you get charged, you know, the tolls to go into into New York are charged on the Jersey side. Right. Okay. You don't pay when you come out of the city, but it's up to fifteen dollars. Yeah. To yeah. go into the city, and well, that was a few years ago. I don't know if it's gone up since then. Yeah, and so, obviously you don't want to rely on that or a ferry. The best thing would just be to have it, uh, you know, 250 yards from a subway stop. Exactly, and the buses are set up for, you know, going into, uh, you know, I live very close to the Lincoln Tunnel. So, you know, uh, buses are, you know, last time I went there was about four fifty-five dollars for the ride over there and for the ride to come back. So you are paying $9, but... Man, they have those bus lanes. You, there's no delay. You're, you know, you're zipping by all these cars that are, <laughs> that are in a gridlock, for the most part. At least what I saw. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, these things that were never talked about for years. So at least we're making some kind of progress toward uh, uh, getting more of the things that that we would like to have. <laughs> yeah, from our side, from our our point of view, for sure, Dave. Yeah. Sure. Okay, let's take a break on the show. When we come back, uh, there's some interesting stuff going on with sponsorships on some of the online sites, uh, people coming, people going, and uh, some controversy surrounding that. So I want to talk about that. If we get a chance, interesting article that came across on uh, 
uh, 10 different ways to avoid going on tilt, which uh, I think a lot of people might use that uh, to their advantage if they can hear a little bit about that. So those are a couple of things we'll get to on the show. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Don't forget, you can always pick us up on all the places you uh, download your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, all those great places. Uh, you can check that out there. We have a couple that have been with us for a while. The Poker Fuse podcast page has listed us for quite some time. Also, the Hold'em Radio Network has a regular spot for us there. Um, I just talked to some of my friends at Annie Up. that They're still doing their podcast, but uh, they're not sure that they are ever going to publish a magazine again. So uh, uh, that's uh, the rumor out there. So uh We'll see what happens with them. Uh, card players still available every week, and we get a lot of good information from them. But you can remember the uh, great magazines over the years, All In, uh, Bluff, and a few others that have disappeared and gone the way of the world. But, um, again, tough to survive this, uh, this pandemic for sure. Anyway, let's take the break. We'll come back, and we'll talk more here on today's edition of Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. 
Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. in the news from the world of poker here on Poker Action Line. And uh, um, I guess tournaments uh, will start to be back to, to somewhere near normal in the month of April. You look ahead to that, Joe. Uh, I don't know uh, if you plan on uh, checking out the Hard Rock at all, seeing what's going on. I know you're very, very busy, but uh, uh, wouldn't you love to play in one of those big events? Uh, I've been dying to play in one of those big events for a long time, especially in the seniors event, you know. Uh, we've mentioned that before on the show. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you know this, Dave, but here, because you live in Broward, and they've removed the restrictions of time over there since since June of last year. You know, it's, you know, you guys have been nine months over there without any, quote, uh, hour restriction, time restriction, while they're, the mayor of Miami-Dade is now talking about April 5th being a target date for us, you know, and... Um, April 5th for a tournament? No, not for a tournament, but for letting... Because I don't think here in, in Miami-Dade we're going to have... You just mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, the, the how well that tournament went for them there, you know, um, at the Hard Rock. And I'm sure they're already in the plannings. You know, didn't you just mention October is when they're thinking about doing this? For, uh, full, no, for full tournaments and stuff like this? No, it'll be earlier than that. They'll have the uh, showdown in April, and then uh, who knows if they'll have a Seminole Hard Rock Poker open. But, but, uh, that, but that was always... they're still going to be running those tournaments. I thought you were talking about uh, uh, October being... No more restrictions as to how many players could. Well, play. that's you know that seems like a million years away. I can't even look that far ahead. But um, yeah, I guess you just take it a step at a time and not really look too far into the future. Well, you know, like I said, for for us here, you know, seven players max, still you know having you know uh, limited tables. You know, you can't use all the tables in your room. And we're limited to the time here, in Miami Dade. They they don't have, they don't have that time restraint in Broward, okay, which allows the tournaments to go a lot longer. But um, you know, they still are going with the you know keeping socially distance, and you know uh, they have the the plastic guards over there. Uh, you know, people have gotten used to it. It's like anything else, they people don't like it, but. If if it's if it's that or nothing, you know you'll play with that. You'll you'll learn. You'll find a way to to get used to it. So yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, I'm waiting for myself over here. And if that's the case, I you'll see the smaller tier tournaments down here in Dade County. Um, once once they take at least the hour restrictions, even if it's not the players uh, or or the distancing, but if they allow us to open up our regular hours. You know, you'll 
you'll probably see a few more of those tournaments down here. And if and if all the restrictions are taken off, like masks and stuff like that, uh, which there's a talk about that happening, um, the Hard Rock and some of these people are going to have a hard decision to do, Dave. You yeah. know, cause some people aren't going to show up for it, while others are. You know, they're going to have to run the tournament, and you know, private businesses will make that decision. But you know, it's, it's going to be like a catch twenty-two. You know, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So that's yeah, the, well, the, well, the masks are kind of a personal decision for a lot of people. Of course, you know, they have to do it right now. But if they make it uh, and don't make it, uh, make it non-mandatory. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, some people will do it. Some people will be unhappy when the person next to them is not wearing one. But from a poker room standpoint, do you think plexiglass is here to stay at a lot of these places? <laughs> That's a good question. I think once they get rid of the mask mandate, they're going to get rid of the plexiglass. And then everybody at their own, you know, the, what I think it'll come down to is, you know, people will have their own, you know, choose whether they want to have a mask or not i have a feeling the casinos are not going to try to get into the business of you know dictating what they want especially if the general you know uh, opinion or or the government's opinion you know our governor in texas you know um says hey you don't have to wear masks so you know there's a lot of competition down here and my guess is, you know, everybody can wear a mask if they want to for their own personal safety. And, you know, I don't know about you, Dave, but I was already seeing that in my room prior to yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, I'm sure. Know? I'm sure. Uh, the plexiglass, uh, you don't have it at your room. Uh, no. The uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club has never uh, used it. But the Hard Rock does and Dania does. Those are two examples I can think of. Um, you know, and it. It's hard to measure, you know, if it's been successful in preventing transmission of anything. But, uh, you know, it seems like the majority of people that visit this town don't seem to think that uh, there's anything happening. It's not it's not transmissible anymore, which a month from now could be a huge mistake. It definitely could be a huge mistake, you know, but also a month from now, how many people are going to be vaccinated you know, there's, there's there's so many different variables that are you know th that are possible right now. We don't we honestly I don't think anybody knows. Even our health experts, who yeah. you know, in my opinion, have been correct for the large majority of this, um, don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, they they keep yeah. talking about herd immunity. You know that when that large portion of our population is is, is immunized, uh, you know, how how transmittable is it? You know the new strains. I mean, you know this. Yeah, that that could change everything. The new strains, exactly. obviously. So you know, I don't know. I mean, and look at look how you know broken our 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 country is as far as not broken. I shouldn't say broken. How split our country is. Yeah. Uh, on this. Yeah. You know. It's it's bad. It's a it's a terrible situation. Uh, yes, so we'll is. see what happens. Uh, again, you know, we can speculate all we want, but we'll we'll have to deal with it when it when it is comes here. And the first step is to try to have a few big tournaments and get back somewhere near normal. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was this uh, the situation involving um, Gigi Poker, who uh, put Dan Bilzerian in as their ambassador in early December. And uh, I don't know how people are familiar, but he considers himself some sort of... Uh, 
uh, poker promoter. Uh, he was brought in, but he has uh, been very misogynistic over the past uh, 10 years. He was arrested here in South Florida and banned for life from a club on Miami Beach at the Fountain Booth called Live when he actually uh, booted a girl in the face there. That was in 2014. That was one of the... And and if you're wondering, like, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't, he's supposedly some kind of uh, big Instagram star that uh, for years made millions of dollars off Instagram and his uh, posting of things. Uh, but he's pretty much a, a caveman is what he is. I mean, he has... Uh, he's a big partier is what he is. <laughs> yeah, he has, a, he has a nice full beard and he has six-pack abs. But, uh, you know, this is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Anyway, GG Poker, which is big in Europe... Uh, decided to make him their ambassador, and the response was immediate. Uh, a couple of the women that I do follow on uh, on Twitter, uh, one is Melissa Burr, she is a big player, and uh, Veronica Brill, who is involved in the Mike Postel situation, and Vanessa Cade, and they were all involved with Twitter. Um, Burr immediately came out and backed up a Cade, but Cade uh, went on and said, uh, you know, what kind of uh, selection is this to represent your company? Is this the kind of person that you want? Uh, and he responded to her immediately on Twitter saying, quiet, ho, nobody knows who you are. That was his response to her. So uh, she was angry. She came out and said what she wanted to do. And uh, then this past week, uh, Gigi Poker uh, closed her affiliate account and her partnership with the company and uh you know they said you know there's really nothing we could do we decided to go in this direction and uh we can't get rid of them so um you know our only thing is to uh stand up against you for for embarrassing us in public really is what they said so she said you know you've recruited a man who has abused women openly belittled and degraded them it's a staple of his brand so uh, she said, let's be clear, you're supporting misogyny. So um, the other thing that happened that, that brought uh, Bill Zarian a lot of publicity, besides the fact that he's just really an average poker player, uh, was he had a party at some uh, house and, and threw a, a nude porn star off his roof and tried to throw her into the pool, and she landed short of the pool and broke her foot. So that brought up a lot of things. But this treatment that he's uh, practiced over the years really is uh, would not make me want to have him representing my company. Well, you know, he's got, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, probably millions of them, yeah. to be honest with you. Right. Um, you know, and I'm sure that went into the thought process of, uh, of Chi-Chi Poker that, you know, he could, he could get a lot of them to somehow – Sign up and do whatever, um, but you know this is not this isn't something new. I mean, uh, we kind of discussed this before the show, Dave, and I like I said, my my initiation into him was someone you know that I was conversing with when I was driving Uber, telling him that you know in the poker business, do you know this guy you know Dan and no, and the guy pulled him up on his phone and you know all you saw were gorgeous you know half naked you know women around him and all the different parties and you know, he was making different uh, bets with different people, you know, was claiming that that's how he made his money now. And, um, you know, again, Dave, you, you and I are, 
we, we've seen enough of life that we know this is not what we want. But I'm not quite sure that, you know, if your target audiences are 20 year olds, that, uh, you know, this is that this isn't a, a, a business move on their part, you know? Yeah. As disgusting as, disgusting as that is, you know, with, with me having three daughters, I wouldn't want anyone coming near this man, and I know they wouldn't because of the treatment he has with them, but from a business standpoint, he's this guy in the car back then was so excited, he, it's almost like he wished he could be him, you know, and um, until we know what their thought process was, uh, which I would imagine that's what it is, you know, the amount of people that, that he that he attracts, um, you know, this is a decision they have to live with now because you said there's nothing they could do. They signed a contract. So I don't know if that was a ringing endorsement of him or not. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I, I can, I can see that there are, there is a large group of the poker audience that might respect this guy and, uh, maybe, uh, choose to go to GG poker because, uh, of, of him representing them. But, uh, you know, anyone with uh, respect for the whole of human, whole of human race uh, certainly would not be a part of that group, I don't think. But we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, that's the discussion that's going on out there. There's always some people trying to just find things on Twitter to talk about. But, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, gambling. Hey, let, me, let me ask you something go real ahead. quick, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. And, I, and you'll forgive me that I meant to try to mention this to you. Uh, as I was checking something out earlier in the day, you know that on Facebook there's a um, a poker chat group on there, I guess the you want to call dealers. it, whatever. Yeah. Poker dealers, right. And there was an article by, and I want to try to give the, the credit to the to the person who wrote it. I think it's Robert Sousa or something. Uh, somebody had asked about how, whether they should kill, you know, a losing hand. And he was told that, oh, you should keep them up. You should keep them open in case they see something, this, that, and the other. And he he goes, listen, I have a GED. If you ever get if you get a chance to read it, it's it's funny as hell. But I couldn't agree more with uh, with this gentleman. You know, uh, he goes, when something is dead, bury it deep before it comes up and bites you in the ass. <laughs> and. Uh, and I couldn't agree with it more. You know, yeah. uh, it was a break-in dealer who didn't know how to handle this and was asking for opinion what he should do, whether you should, you know, kill the cards and put them on the muck. You know what I'm saying? Like where could, they could be retrievable. Listen, if a hand has been mucked, whether it's been turned, you know, if it hasn't been turned face up, you bury that deep in the muck so no one can say, oh, wait a minute, I want to see it. It's done. It's out of there. It 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 avoids problems going down. And again, um, if you get a chance to read this, I'd love to talk about this even more next week on our next on our next show. Okay, well, we would do that. Uh, again, those tournaments getting closer that I had mentioned last week: the uh, the tournament at Palm Beach Kennel Club and the Jacksonville Best Bet Spring Series. Both get underway later this week. Uh, actually, uh, the date would be uh, this weekend, Saturday, I guess, uh, will be the start of that. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, as far as uh, expansion of poker, uh, you know, you see a few places opening here and there, and I thought this kind of really flew under the radar. It was only 12-table room, but there is a uh, a uh, tribe in Northern California in the uh, Sacramento area that's tied in with Boyd Gaming, who we've both worked for in the past, and it's called Sky River Casino in Elk Grove, 
and they are building now a poker room up there. So it's a it's a huge four hundred million dollar casino project, but the only a twelve table poker room. But uh, you know, with the comp, certainly there's some good competition there. Bay One Hundred One and the uh, Rolling uh, Thunder, in different places. So. Uh, Still people moving forward. There's still a desire to have live poker and open new rooms. Well, we better have that because if, as soon as they start closing rooms down like they did a long time ago, you know, it took forever to resurrect poker nationwide. And to be honest with you, Dave, I, you know it's beautiful to have a 12-table poker room opening up in a $400 million hotel. But for me, to keep poker alive is what we've talked about this whole show is about tournaments, you know. People have to be able to get to tournaments, and that itself will probably excite and ignite some places to continue to keep their rooms either open. Listen, we've 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 reopened down here, and you know, you know, we've had one room that never reopened, and another one who's kind of just now getting its feet wet again after being one of the top rooms for years here in the state, you know, at the aisle. And Gulfstream closed their room down completely, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and, they did. You know, and in Broward County, to be honest, you know, you've got the Hard Rock and you've got the Big Easy, who are the ones doing the majority of poker right now. You know, I don't know. You could tell us how successful Dania has been since their reboot. But not, I have heard not it hasn't much. been very good. Yeah, it has not been very good. Uh, mostly, uh, at times, you would think that the room would be full. And there's maybe one or two tables, and then they have their big game still, which I guess they're making decent amount of money off. But uh, no, you don't, you don't, Dave. As far no. as the dealers will make money on it, you know, if the people are good tippers, you know. But uh, the house is going to, you know, max rake it. Most of the times, they're they're time raked. So if they're sitting seven-handed and it's time-raked, they're making 100 bucks an hour no matter what. And right. if it's not time-raked, they may get lucky and make 140 150 an hour. You're not, you're not keeping a room open with that. Right. You know, um, it, you know you, you, to sustain a room, Dave, you need to have, and, you know, and I know it because I'm working very hard to try to do it in my, in my place. You, know, you need to try to have four or five tables running most of the day if you can get it and you know on weekends get that count up and um with limited seating and limited tables it becomes very difficult and you know as far as dane is concerned we both know that had a great reputation as a tournament room you know but uh it was never a great cash room it never yeah. was right so um, you know, I know Dave Berman's been trying to do you know a great job up there, but he really came into an impossible situation by taking over that place, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah, exactly. And I know, and I know that some of his top personnel, you know, um, left. <laughs> As I was mentioning earlier to Texas, I know one of his top people left to go to Texas, so uh, it just makes it that much more difficult. And you know. Uh, Calder had closed their room down. They're thinking of going back to poker. You know, as far as I'm concerned, for poker to grow in this country and to get rooms to open them up again, tournaments have to get very big once again. Yeah, for sure. Well, you got to hang in there, I guess. That's the only way to go yep. about it. Yep. Uh, the other thing I haven't mentioned today, and um, people may be wondering why, and that's uh, the supposed head-to-head uh, -head match between Dan uh, Phil Helmuth 
and Daniel Negreanu on High Stakes Duel that was supposed to be taking place today. Uh, they actually had to postpone it because of uh, some COVID concerns, uh, non-player uh, COVID concerns, neither the two having it, but they on Sunday they announced that they were moving it back two weeks to March 31st, so they haven't really uh, elaborated on that, but both players will sit down when they finally do play, $50,000 each until one player has all the cash on the table. They could either stop there or try to play again. The stakes would then rise to 100000 from each man. And uh, very similar to the event that they held on High Stakes Duel last year when Helmuth destroyed Antonio Esfandiari. So, uh, you know, it goes much deeper, obviously, than poker or who wants to be declared the one of the best players of all time, but there is some acrimony between these two guys. And you got to wonder how much Negreanu increased his skills with that grudge match with Doug Polk. So he, he dropped uh, he dropped some big money, but uh, Helmuth uh, certainly jumped in on it and uh, belittled some of his play. So Daniel wants to get back at that. It's very uh, important for him to play this challenge. And right now they are scheduled to play it on March the 31st. So uh, I don't know. Looking forward to seeing some of that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm listen. <laughs> I enjoy both characters, so uh, I can't. I'm, you know, I'm, I'd like to see some of that play and see that back and forth that they're going to have. Well, I see a lot of this stuff, uh, and you know this uh, that. You know, we kind of depended on a lot of these players, and it takes some people time to break out. But once they put up a couple of nice results, maybe get some TV time on uh, on one of the poker shows, then all of a sudden, you know, they become favorites for a lot of people. And when they are in at the final table, it creates a lot more interest. When there's a bunch of guys you never heard of before, uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't draw a lot of attention, really. No, you're right. You know, listen, we've been doing the show. It's got to be. We we had to have passed the eleven year mark, haven't we, Big Dave? Eleven last week. Last week was eleven. Last week. There you go. And um, you know, it, it, you know, Daniel Negrano is a is a young old poker player. You know what I mean? Right. You know, he's in his forties. He recently, you know, in the last few years, made the uh, Poker Hall of Fame. You know, reached the the qualifying age. And you know, Helmuth is Helmuth. You know. Uh, however you feel about my, uh, Phil Helmuth, you know, he is one of the pioneers of making this game grow. Right. Uh, you know, uh, as much as, you know, as uh, Doyle, uh, as Chris Moneymaker, who deserves, you know, just because what he did, Stu Unger, um, you know, those are the people that I think, you know, Linda Johnson, from, from, from that point of view, these are the people that have brought the game from, you know, that, that you know, back room, uh, you know, smoke-filled uh, image that a lot of, you know, people thought about in poker and, you know, brought it out into the open and into, into this, you know, to this century, you know, and uh, all of them had a, all of them had a big part to do in that. Right. So, um, you know, I'd be very interested to hear that going going forward. I mean, I know Doug Polk is a great player. He proved it by what he did with Daniel Negrano. But as a, as a person my age, you know, the name that drew, drew me in was Daniel. 
Yeah. Well, looking at more of a local angle, you know, two of the guys that really brought a lot of attention for us to poker were uh, Jason Mercier and the grinder, uh, Michael Misraki. And uh, we really haven't seen much of either of them. I know, obviously, uh, Jason has kind of moved on with his family life, uh, getting married and having two children. So, uh, you know, I don't know when we'll see him again. I'm sure poker still burns in his heart and he'd probably love to get back to it someday uh i don't know why we haven't seen the grinder he's always been interested in some other business opportunities but uh you know i haven't seen him at any local tournaments uh, we'll see what happens in uh april with this uh seminal hard rock uh, showdown tournament well you know what dave that's a great question and um you know my thinking is these old timers that we've heard and saw about, you know, fields were small. So, you know, the cream of the crop rose really quickly in those tournaments and they were gamblers. They weren't just poker players. They were gamblers. And, you know, gamblers are a lot more interesting than poker players, plain and simple, you know, and the money is so huge now that when you do have someone, you know, who's intelligent and knows how to money management and then know how to invest their money correctly. You know, I, I, I'm hoping that's the case with Jason, you know, and his family. We know that he had a great upbringing, um, you know, and doesn't need poker anymore. Right. As far as, you know, it's, it's more of poker needs him than he needs poker. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking along those lines. That's why we don't see these people hang on. As long and due to the large fields that we see, you just don't have that same name repeating itself uh, over and over because of the shorter fields. So, yeah, another another adjustment, another adjustment that uh, poker fans have had to make uh, over the past year. But uh, there'll be new names that will become favorites, and uh, you know the game will, will survive. So. Uh, Uh, We'll see what happened. But in the meantime, there's lots of opportunities for some young players to get in there and make a name for themselves. Yep, absolutely. Listen, that's the great thing right now, Big Dave, is that, you know, you can make a name for yourself. There's so many different learning tools out there, you know, for you to improve your game, um, you know, to a level where you can compete. And, you know, it's like catching lightning in a bottle, as they say. You know, you, you just need one nice big tournament to do that. Um, I think the step back that, that poker took was obviously, you know, the, uh, you know, when they did away with, uh, you know, Internet gambling that allowed for, you know, people to be sponsored and, you know, just another media venue where, you know, your, 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 your thirst for poker was, was, was being answered there. Yeah. on a nightly basis so yeah absolutely okay that's going to do it for the show this week uh, appreciate uh, all your input joe and uh, joe costello thank you back at the studio as well for and putting everything together for us uh we'll be back with next week with another show uh keep an eye on this uh jacksonville tournament best bet and also the palm beach kennel club we'll be looking i may head up to to palm beach and check out some of that 18th march 18th through the 28th so it gets underway uh, this weekend, and uh, we'll see what what uh, comes out of that because it will be some interesting play in both those places. People dying to get out of, uh, and I don't mean that as a joke, but but really wanting to get out of their uh, cold weather locales and get down to Florida. Uh, we see it on the beaches here. 
But uh, Jacksonville is uh, is a nice city. It may get a little cold snap this week. Palm Beach, certainly a, a great location as well. We'll be back with more next week on another edition of the show. Thanks for joining us and look forward to seeing you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 